Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's 2024. Let's go, Divas. Hello, Divas, and welcome to 2024. How's it going for you so far? Welcome to Pod Diva, Diva Magazine's fortnightly podcast. If you're an LGBTQIA plus woman or non-binary person, this is all for you, my lovely. This is home. This is where you belong. I'm Rachel Shelley. Some of you know me from a 20-year-old TV show where I played a character called Helena Peabody. (laughs) But I also host, edit and produce your favourite podcast. Here on Pod Diva, we skip hand in hand with the world's leading glossy magazine for LGBTQIA plus women and MBs. The wonderful Diva magazine that turns 30 this year. 30! So you can think of this podcast as one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your shell like. And that's especially true today because today's episode is the Diva Debrief, where we take a closer, a really cozy, close and intimate look at the latest Diva magazine. And who better to do that with than the one and only, the truly resplendent, the queen of all lesbianics, marvellously radiant and fabulously rhapsodic, the right royal Roxy Bordion. It's me. Hello, Roxy. It's gorgeous to see you. How is 2024 for you so far? A big, big year for Diva, of course, turning 30. Oh, my goodness. And doesn't she look good for it? Hello, Rachel. Oh, doesn't she? Hello. (laughs) Hello and Happy New Year to you, my marvellously radiant, rhapsodic uh, queen of the airwaves. How lovely to be in your company (laughs) once again. Um, 2024 so far. God, yeah, it's a big one. Diva magazine, our plucky little queer magazine, has been going for 30 years this year. So it is a big one in the world of Diva, but a really exciting Really one. exciting. And it's a fantastic way to kick off the year with the cover. Now, Roxy, queen of everything, the one I'm going to love. I'm on fire, Roxy. I want, I want to be your lover. <laughs> All tracks that I adore by our amazing cover star, Beverly Knight. When you see Beverly Knight on the cover, you know everything's going to be all right. See, (laughs) See what I did there, Roxy? Do you see what I did there? Roxy, tell me, Beverly Knight on the cover. The photos are stunning. 
absolutely awe-inspiring. Can you tell me a bit about this month's Diva Supreme cover star? Oh, you're going to have to give me a minute, Rachel. I'm still gathering myself after you declared you were on fire, you want to be my lover. I didn't know if we were <laughs> quoting the greatest hits of the brilliant Beverly Knight or if you were just confessing your secret crush. And I was excited either way. <laughs> <laughs> so Beverly Knight is a superstar singer, an actor, an entertainer and a bit of a legend really and she is also a fierce and fantastic ally for the LGBTQIA community which is something that our cover interview with Beverly really delves into and those pictures are just gorgeous aren't they I mean we were Mm, saying mm. in the team that cover is so powerful and beautiful we absolutely love it gorgeous and she looks so stunning I mean she's been in so like you say so much theatre in the West End she was in Cats she was in The Bodyguard Mm. talk about iconic and more recently played Emmeline Pankhurst the suffragette in Sylvia I mean she's a non-stop powerhouse of a woman and she's got a voice that oh my gosh it melts marshmallows doesn't it I mean it's so it's great and I love having a you know I mean you can't see us now listener but I am grooving, I am moving. I love having a little jig around to her. She's amazing. Yeah. She talks to Nick Crozara, our deputy editor, and she says, I love this quote, women of this age, 50 and beyond, we're supposed to disappear. We're supposed to lessen ourselves. It's always make way for the new, which is right, but both can exist. She says, I ain't falling back nowhere. I'm celebrating this age. I've come into a second wind. My power, it's the most confident I've ever felt in my life. Give it up for Beverly Knight. I love that. Yeah, I love that. So As she says there, quite often we feature singers for an era of people, a generation of people. They become their icon of music. But Beverly really does. She doesn't look it, but she spans quite a long time. What does she say? She says she's like one of the old school now. She's considered one of the old school. Well, I think I agree with you, Rachel, that it's so brilliant what Beverly says, the fact that she's in this bold new era and that 50 actually is the moment in her life where she feels the most confident, the most sure of who she is and the most sort of owning her power. I also found that really, really uplifting beautiful to read important to read and something like with editing a magazine like diva yes you want to be talking about whoever the the newest social media stars are or the new film stars or pop singers of course you do and sometimes they are younger people and that is awesome like we definitely want to celebrate them but we also want to celebrate women and non-binary people of all ages and i think that beverly just Mm. Is, is really fantastic. And I was really, really pleased that she spoke about that in the interview, as well as all the other interesting stuff she talks about. Well, she had a very interesting story where she said quite early on in her career, where she was asked to play at Pride and some of her band, they weren't sure about playing Pride. And she just said, right, well, if you're not yeah. going to, if you're not happy with it, you're out. Mm. And she just fired them. I mean, she tells this story. Amazing. Of course, that's the kind of thing that earns her rightfully the love of a huge community and I hope to see more of her and play more of her and dance more (laughs) to her in the kitchen as the year goes on. Now of course it's LGBTQ History Month this month. I love me a bit of history, 
a bit of her story mm-hmm. even more. And in the magazine, Roxy, you ask Team Diva, who is your favorite LGBTQIA person of the past who inspires them today? Absolutely. Well, happy LGBTQ plus history month. Um, so the team picked some real some real superstars for this. Shah talks about the poet Audre Lorde. Nick talks about Josephine Baker, the dancer and performer. And Ella absolutely loves the artist Frida Kahlo. And I have to say that I love all of those three as well. I yes. was like fully on board <laughs> for every choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know when we went to the yeah. Diva exhibition at the V&A, there was a lot of Josephine Baker and we were really enjoying that. And of course, there's the film with, with, yeah, Janelle, with Janelle Monet Monet about to play Josephine Baker, which I think is going to be, that's going to yes. be beyond awesome, isn't it? Yeah, I'm really Ooh. excited to see that. How fantastic that that will take probably a new generation of young viewers to introduce Josephine Baker to them if they don't already know her. But that's why LGBTQ History Month is so important. What about yours, Roxy? Who would you, if you had to choose one, I know that's hard. It is so hard because I got so many. We just got so many icons in our in our history books. A few that spring to mind. So a lot of them were in that Diva exhibition, actually. Like Billy Holiday, absolutely love Billy. Love her gorgeous voice. Love that she used her platform to speak out for civil rights. If I have to pick one, the one that comes to my mind the most is Tallulah Bankhead. Do you know about Tallulah Bankhead, Rachel? No, not really. Oh, let me introduce you. So Tallulah Bankhead was like a sort of silver screen starlet back in the day. And she was kind of an outrageous party girl, as well as being this fabulous actress. And she used to, (laughs) she was just kind of, Amazing. So I just give you facts off the top of my head about Tallulah Bankhead. Right. And you know why I love her, why I'm obsessed. (laughs) Oh, she was also bisexual. She was also bisexual. So that's important as well. She used to like have saucy liaisons with all these big name old Hollywood uh, stars like Greta Garbo, Marlena Dietrich, Billie Holiday, Hattie McDonald. Like the list is endless of her rumoured conquests, including lots of like the leading ladies of the time. She had a pet parakeet called Gaylord she used to, <laughs> she used to cartwheel into parties completely commando no no drawers on <laughs> just flashing everything for everyone's entertainment and delight and she was just an absolute hoot and she used to call everyone darling she played in Jean-Paul Sartre's No Exit there's a character called Inez who's a lesbian in it and she played Inez on stage people said like oh Tallulah Tallulah what's this you're playing a lesbian and she's like darling lesbian I wouldn't know a thing about it <laughs> but everyone knows she knows loads about bisexuality and queerness because she's been getting it on with all of these uh, silver screen goddesses so I love her wow she sounds extraordinary and I'm shocked that I didn't know about her but that's what LGBTQ plus history month is all about you've introduced me and all our listeners and I love the name Tallulah so I've always loved them I mean go Tallulah many years ago Bugsy Malone yes. and Jodie Foster does she play she Tallulah did. she does yeah. and she goes my name is Tallulah. <laughs> I love that track. And she's so cool yeah, in that. Awesome. But she's got so yeah, much going on this year yeah. with Nyad. And then also this series, which I haven't started watching, the detective one. Have you, see, have you watched I any of that? I haven't seen that yet, but I have seen Nyad and I absolutely loved it. She continues and has always been brilliant. 
One of my favourites, I think, for LGBTQ History Month is Mary Oliver. Very different from Tallulah. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't be more different, I wouldn't have thought. She's a recluse. Well, she was. Sadly, she died. Was that last year, the year before? She's an American poet. I'm sure you know her. And she's all about connecting humans to their emotions and to the natural world. And just beautiful. I mean, and now for something completely different. We go from Tallulah to Mary Oliver. Now, I'm just going to read this poem, but I have got the twinkle of Tallulah cartwheeling (laughs) into parties with no underwear on. So I'm just, you know, if you can keep both images in your mind at the same time, that's that's quite a difficult thing to do. You don't have to be good. You don't have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Wild Geese by Mary Oliver, everybody. Just a little introduction to it. When things are a bit hectic... It just sort of slows you down and makes you think. She was an amazing woman, an amazing Mm. woman. There are some great little snippets of history in the magazine, Roxy. I really liked, some of them really made me giggle. I love the one about the purple rhino. I didn't know that. During the 70s, the lavender-coloured rhinoceros served as an activist symbol for the lesbian and gay movement. I didn't know that. Why the rhinoceros? Why why the rhino? Do you know? Why not the rhino? Because, you know, we've got thick skin and we're fabulous. I'm not actually sure. But (laughs) (laughs) But the purple rhino, fantastic. Well, let me tell you, Rachel, exactly why the lavender rhino. Yes, do tell me. I love your encyclopedic knowledge, (laughs) Roxy. So It's like the internal workings of Wikipedia in your brain. It's amazing. It's fantastic, (laughs) isn't it? I dazzle myself. Um, So the reason they chose the rhinoceros was because it is a much maligned and misunderstood animal is what I've heard. Lavender because it is a mix of pink and blue of course making it a symbolic merger of the feminine the masculine all of that stuff. Ah. So that's why. That's really nice isn't Mm, it? Exactly. That's really nice. I suppose there's an element as well of the unicorn you know this fantastical mythical creature with the one horn and I think that's where unicorns first came from when people saw them and thought they were these magical one-horned creatures and how peculiar Mm. that's great I love that and there was another one for all those Lister sisters who are listening that's quite a tongue twister right there (laughs) historical lesbian icon Anne Lister I hope no one's eating well maybe they are eating maybe it's the perfect time to hear this collected her ex-lover's pubic hair and kept it in lockets. I'm I'm not judging or anything. (laughs) Don't judge, don't judge. Rachel, Rachel, we are not here to yuck anyone's yum. I just think that Anne Lister, I mean, I love this fact about Anne Lister, if I'm honest. I find it absolutely, it does tickle me that she had this, you know, this personal museum of all her ex's pubic hair and little lockets. Like you think today you might have, you know, a photo album or a mixtape or your lover's old sweater that on a cold (laughs) and lonely night you might snuggle up to. But not, not our Anne, not our Anne. She had... 
just going to go and reminisce over all these pubes oh, I've uh, had my face near. Do you think she sort of went around saying, would you mind, I'm just about to pluck? <laughs> or do you think she was just the morning after, she might be just like going through the bed and go, oh, there you go, I'll take that one. And I wonder how, I mean. <laughs> and then little labels and a I... little bit of lovely calligraphy. I mean, I hope it was consensual and I hope that the, the ladies that she had these relations with were very happy to be involved but yeah isn't that fascinating it really is i mean it's perhaps not for every lister sister maybe for the twisted lister sisters twisted lister sisters might be really into that actually it's funny i should mention that because there is a piece in the magazine this week that's all about the Anne lister birthday week event which happens up in halifax in early April, I think. Can you tell me anything about that in the magazine, Roxy? Yes. So Pat SK, um, who founded the Anne Lister Birthday Week event that is in Halifax, as you say, in early April, and has been going for a few years. Pat has written this gorgeous piece, and it starts off telling us that 52 years ago, she marched in what was, I mean, it was really the one of the first New York Pride marches. It was the one-year anniversary of the Stonewall Rebellion. Right. Um, And she was there the year after that Stonewall Rebellion, marching through the streets of New York. She has been marching for our rights ever since, really. You know, she makes a very compelling case that, you know, she's been marching for 52 years, but the fight is far from over. And I think she says we need to pull on our own list of boots and we need to keep on marching for our rights. And I love that phrase, an army of lovers cannot be defeated, which comes from some version of Plato, the good old ancient Greek philosopher. It feels so powerful, I think, an army of lovers Mm. that cannot be defeated because it's the strength of love over negativity and aggression. It's beautiful. And I love a bit of history that's mixed up there with philosophy and a bit of existential confusion. It really adds a little, you know, spark to what otherwise might be a humdrum day. Not that talking to you, beautiful Roxy, it's never humdrum if I get to speak to you. (laughs) Roxy, what do you think of this talking point that has been in the press a little bit recently about the actor Andrew Scott? He, Andrew Scott is the actor who played the hot priest in Fleabag. I just love him. And he said in an interview, he said that the term openly gay, that we should stop using that. He says... I'm going to make a pitch for getting rid of the phrase openly gay. It's an expression that you only ever hear in the media. You're never at a party and you say, oh, this is my openly gay friend. (laughs) He said, why is openly always attached to that adjective? We don't say you're openly Irish or openly left-handed. There's something in it that's a little near shamelessly. You're open about it. You know what I'm saying? He proposed that it's just sort of time to park it. And I wondered what you thought of that. I mean, it's, you know, it's quite a bold thing to say. When I read that, it really kind of spun my head around a bit because if someone says they're openly gay, within our community, it feels like that's a, that's a compliment, that's a great thing to say. But it completely turned my perspective on it around. By saying that, am I implying that there is some shame and but you're being open about it? I think that's what he's saying. What do you think? I think it's a really interesting point. I can definitely see where he's coming from. And I think that it's all, for me, it's all about intention um, and context. So like if we're talking about the LGBTQ plus History Month icons we're celebrating and we're saying Tallulah Bankhead was an openly bisexual actress at a time when this was very taboo, then I feel okay saying openly in that context because I'm 
putting it in the, the the fact that it was quite a trailblazing thing for her to do at that time. Mm. But then if we're talking about contemporary people and modern people, yeah, I can see like, why do we, why does it still need to be openly? Mm. Why is it still a, a sticking point? And it's interesting, isn't mm. it? It is still in you. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was really interesting what he was saying. I read a little Guardian piece about it by a writer, Ryan Gilby in The Guardian. And he said, let those who choose to say openly gay Go ahead and say it. So the rest of us can point out the error, which I thought was a bit harsh. But anyway, as Ben Johnson put it, language most shows a man. Speak that I may see thee. And then he says, yes, diva, which is why I quoted it in the first place, because he puts diva at the end. So, I mean, I thought it was a really interesting debate. And it's those kind of moments and it takes someone of um, Andrew Scott's celebrity that was reported across all media and I think it's really interesting how that can become a pivot point in our language in our lexicon I mean I'm sure there's lots of other people who agree with him already but for me it did make me go huh that was a light bulb moment I thought oh I get it I understand oh talk about this quite a lot about how we're on a continuum all the time Mm. aren't we of Mm. how we progress society is always progressing our language progresses alongside it and how it takes these moments to turn it maybe in five years time we will be looking back and going oh god I didn't say openly gay I'm asking myself now as we're talking about it how would I feel if someone said oh this is Roxy she's openly gay yeah I'd want to punch him I mean, Watch I wouldn't out. really want to punch them. I wouldn't really no, want to No, I know, I But know. I would, if it was in a social context, yeah. if someone said, oh yeah, she's openly gay, it probably would make me bristle a little bit yeah. and think, why is, it, why is it an openly thing? Yeah, yeah. it's interesting, isn't there it? There is a slight undertone of wow they're open about it because Mm. there is something to hide yeah there's something that maybe they should hide and most people would hide that but they're open about it yeah that's a debate tell us what you think listeners tweet us i don't want anyone to introduce me as an openly lesbian roxy but they can say here's roxy she's a shameless homosexual that's fine right there you go (laughs) that's how i shall introduce you from now on (laughs) moving on in the magazine there's a big piece which i really enjoyed all about the l word because of course roxy the l word is 20 years old this year it is oh my goodness well i should be saying we've said happy birthday diva happy birthday the l word and rachel (laughs) l word superstar 20 years that's incredible isn't it 20 years since the show first premiered and i would love to ask you rachel Mm. as such a key part of the l word family Mm. like it's 20 years on, we're still talking about it. Every time every time Diva runs any content about it in print or online, people absolutely love it. There's still such an appetite for it and a connection with it. Why do you think that the L word has created this lasting legacy? Part Diva. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Diva. It's funny, I talk about this quite a lot with different, like I went on the Lesbian Supper Club podcast just before Christmas and we talked about that and they were telling me it's really funny actually they were telling me that there's whole generations of lesbian women who watch the L word and then maybe go choose who their role model is going to be and then you know and then inhabit that character so they might choose to be Shane so they're gonna you know like stroll around and be like a bit moody or whatever and then Others might decide they're going to be Helena Peabody or Bet and stride into a room and wear those trouser suits and they're going to be those individuals. I think maybe because there isn't another show that's come along to replace it, I think most people would Mm. agree that nothing has had... There's been other shows, but not quite like the L word that has been almost totally... LGBTQ. I mean, mm. it seems to be a rite of passage. That's what people tell yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Be- mm. Like, I don't know if it's possible to actually live like Helena Peabody. I think very few people <laughs> live like Helena Peabody at the beginning of her seasons on The L Word. Anyway, that sort of wealth and power. But they do inhabit it. Mm. I think it's really uplifting for the women who watch it. What I think is funny is that it's 20 years old. And if a young woman now watches The L Word sees Helena Peabody and thinks, right, I'm going to channel her. She's my role model. This is how I'm going to exist. Maybe they contact me on Twitter. This happens quite a lot. Or X, I'm not even going to bother. I'm just going to say Twitter. And they kind of reach out to me or they send a photo of how I look then. And it's like 20 years ago. And I think if they met me, I think they'd be a bit like bowled over by oh my God, that's how old it is. It's vintage. I mean, it really is vintage. The clothes we wear, everything, it's vintage. And I think they'd be so shocked that we're all so much older. I mean, I feel, I really feel that. I don't know why it's still so great. I think that's it. I think nothing really took its place and it's almost become like one of those Christmas films. It's a tradition. It's just a rite of passage. Mm. Although it's January is the 20-year anniversary in the States. In the UK, 
the 20 year anniversary is actually June 15th, yeah. 2004. Living TV, which I don't think exists anymore, they bought it. They outbid, I'm told, Channel 4. And that's why it went on Living TV all those years ago, which was really disappointing for me. I remember being oh. really disappointed that it wasn't on Channel 4 because in those days, digital platforms yeah. didn't get anywhere near as much interest as Channel 4 or the ter- what were called the terrestrial yeah. for those young listeners who don't understand. <laughs> it's 20 years ago in June in the UK. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, is am I right? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think everything you've said, absolutely bang on the money. I think this thing of it being a rite of passage, it was definitely a rite of passage for me and a rite of passage for so many people in our community. But it's also... Like you described it as a tradition. That's a good way of looking at it. Like I feel like it's like a shared spiritual text, like a shared cultural (laughs) reference point. Yeah. Where we can all like know what it means to say, oh, she's being a bit of a shame today. What's that about? Or, oh yeah, I really went in and really smashed that meeting. I was channeling Bette Porter. I was like, it's like this shared thing that connects us. And also because it was like, it had some really dramatic and heart-rendering stories, but it was also fun and silly and sexy. Yeah. So it's, and I think that's part of its enduring appeal as well. Like it's a fun conversation to have with your friends. Okay, so who's who in the group? And yeah. And I think it was the first, like the first show like that of its time. So it was a real moment, not just one of us, but an entire show full of us which was really powerful yeah yeah I think it's just endured to this day like you still meet really young newly out queer people who've discovered it and love it but I have to ask you Rachel so I've had this conversation with every every queer person I know or every L word fan I know so which L word character are you Rachel most like is it Helena or is it someone else well I think Helena changed so much and I think I can I can answer that in two ways actually the first way I would say is I am probably more like the Helena of the final seasons yes when she lost her money Part, I think, I could be wrong, but I think part of the reason why that evolution happened is because you spend a lot of time with the writers, with the showrunners, and they see a different side of you. So obviously, at the beginning, I'm playing this character who walks into a room and is like commanding attention and, you know, has this arrogance off the chart because of the wealth and the power that comes with that. <laughs> but that's not my life, unfortunately. That's not my life. But I think when they see you, who you really are, they start to write to that because they know that you can play this other thing as well. So I think I think that's what happened. And obviously, mm. it's a good story to tell someone very wealthy who loses their money and the change that they go through in doing that. And I thought that was really interesting. So I'm probably more like the Helena in the final seasons, the rug's been pulled out from under her. She's a bit unsteady. She's not quite sure anymore. But I'd like to be, I don't know, it's very hard to think about yourself, isn't it? Who am I? I would like to be most like Alice, I think. Because I'd like to be because I think she's funny. I think she's a good friend. I think she's quirky. I like that she has this slightly different sense of style mm. she doesn't seem to care too much about what other people think of her in that respect you know what <laughs> does that make Very sense good. yeah that makes total sense I'm amazed and I feel always eternally grateful that this show continues as it does and has opened so many doors for me not just professionally which obviously it has but personally as well it you know I feel that love and that connection 
And it's amazing. There's so much to be thankful for. I think also because after the L Word finished those six seasons, they then did the real L Word. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And they had various iterations, yeah. didn't they, all over the place. And I think we did some coverage in Diva. I remember interviewing a couple of the reality stars. Yeah. It's continued to reinvent itself mm. because nothing else has come along and toppled it off again what we're talking about the language changing it's become part of the zeitgeist hasn't it and part of the lexicon and you're looking very shamed today and all those expressions continues god 20 years it does put things in perspective doesn't it for me you know you were part of something that is a big cultural phenomenon and that had a big impact so we're still talking about it 20 years on which you know shows that you're you're a part of something really important it's really flattering like I say it you know sometimes you can I can step out of that and mm. look at it and go whoa and then you sort of just get on with it yeah 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 I was yeah. Helena. and then and then something happens you go whoa you know like these anniversaries they do <laughs> they really do place it as an actor you go through you don't know where you're going to land. Yeah. In the same way that I landed in the L word, I also landed in another L in Lagan, which was a big Bollywood Indian film, and I have I have a following there. Mm. That was just before the L word. You know, I still get people writing to me all the time about Elizabeth and But there's another really interesting piece in the magazine from Raga da Silva. She has a piece in Diva this month called I thought I was the only lesbian in India. Now, Raga is the CEO and founder of Outspoken Speakers, and she's the current chair of the Board of Trustees of the London LGBTQ Plus Community Centre. And in this piece for Diva, she talks about her home city in southern India and says how it's still very patriarchal. And she went to this film festival in Mumbai, and it was the first time, it doesn't say how old she is, but it says it was the first time she could sort of stand up and say, I'm a lesbian. And there was a roar from the audience. And she's a fantastic woman. And I did really like that piece. I'm really glad that we've got it in there. It's very beautifully written and very powerful. I've not been to India myself, but it is certainly a really interesting a re- interesting uh, piece that Raga's written. It was only in 2018, so only a couple of years ago, that India repealed Section 377, which yeah. was a hangover from the British Penal Code from when India was a colony, which was when that film, Lagan, was set. And so it's only, legally it's moved on, but socially, I guess, it takes longer. It takes time, doesn't it? The The legal framework can change, but the social acceptance of that kind of takes a while to catch up. We did do a Beyond Borders from Indian woman called Swati, who was from Chennai, Southeast India. And she was talking about celebrating when the 2018 repeal happened of Section 377. And that's all we can do, I guess, on this podcast when we're trying to reach out is tell one another stories, you know, and in Diva, that's what we do. Raga da Silva tells her experience and Swati told us her experience in a different part of India and they're different but that's all we can do to give platforms to everyone to tell their experience. This month on Beyond Borders we're telling Libby's story. Now Libby is from Maryland. Is it Maryland or Maryland? I don't know. It's like that Will and Grace episode you know where she's trying to get someone to propose to her so she does a table plan with name places and she says Grace, marry me. (laughs) Anyway, Libby is from Maryland in the US or Maryland. She's from the US. Take it away, Libby. 
the term, the label, queer, gay, lesbian. That just hit me deep. It was almost like a eureka moment. When I kind of realized that this is what I have been missing. My name is Libby. I'm 26 years old, a woman identifying lesbian living in the great state of Maryland. I recently got married to my girlfriend of five years this past October. You know, we just live in the suburbs, a very quiet life with our cat Olivia and our dog Lena. I currently am finishing up my associates in psychology and I plan to major in computer science for my bachelor's degree. I don't remember the exact date when I realized that I identified with being a lesbian. My sexuality was never really something that I was sure of. I did question myself a little bit, but it was, you know, something just clicked in me a little bit ago uh, around the two-year mark. And I have never felt so sure of something in my life besides marrying my wife. I just feel I live a quiet, domesticated life with my wife. Um, no, I don't really think there's anything better than that. It's really all I wanted personally, you know, career-wise, partnership, relationship, friendships, marriage-wise. And I'm just really excited to have someone as great as my wife on this journey with me. For the new year, I decided to do a New Year's resolution. I deleted all social media off my phone, and I actually decided to start journaling. You know, the choice to remove social media and kind of disconnect myself from the outside world, realizing, you know, I don't need to spend hours upon hours of scrolling through other people's lives when I can make sure my life is good. And this also gives me time to engage in the hobbies that I actually love. I work from home, typical nine to five job, you know, Monday through Friday. And when I'm not, you know, in school or spending my time working, I'm usually training or playing with my pup. She's very, very high energy girl. She just likes to have a good time. And I do spend a lot of my time with her making sure she's good. I read a lot. I also love TV, even though it's not the most productive pastime. I also spend a lot of my time playing video games, specifically one called World of Warcraft. Uh, it's insanely nerdy. Um, I've been playing it for over 10 years. It's been around since about 2004. I do have a good group of friends who I can venture off into the world with, you know, discount myself in a healthy way if I need to, you know, take a break. I feel like I have kind of like due diligence to catch up on all these great music, TV shows, movies, literature, history that I missed out on because I didn't know who I was yet. And I know everyone has their own timeline and it was really hard to kind of come to terms with why didn't you know sooner? Or, you know, looking back, in my childhood, there was definitely signs of like, yeah, maybe you're gay or some sort. 
before I feel like I didn't really know who I was, but this, the lesbian label, it just really stuck out to me and that's what I've been holding on to, uh, the sense of identity that I feel like I finally have. And it's very, very comforting to know more about myself as a human, as a woman, as a lesbian, even a person of color. It's just really great to have a sense of security within yourself and knowing who you are, because I feel like that opens doors for so many other things. If you're sure of yourself, first and foremost, I think you can be sure of pretty much anything. For the semester I just completed in December, I took a biological anthropology course. And what biological anthropology is, is really the study of humans, past species of humans and modern humans, and really what it means to be a human. You know, it looks at our evolution and everything like that. It's really interesting. For the final project that I had to do, um, I had to write a research paper. And I chose to wrote mine on human variation and the social concept of race. And really what I took away from that is all humans are 99.9% .9 the same, genetically speaking. In terms of that likeness versus what you see observable differences, that other end of the coin in regards to personal identities, how everyone is so different. It's gender identity, sexual orientation, things like that. The way someone, at least in my opinion, the way someone identifies, it's a way to show connectedness uh, to something bigger than yourself, right? You want to fit in, you want to find your own people, you want to find your own group, people with similarities, similar identities, similar lights, morals, values, dislikes. You want to be around people who are like you to feel less alone, to have that support group with others to stand with you. That finally clicked for me when I was thinking about my own identity the past few years. And, you know, like I said before, I feel like, you know, I can't believe this is what I was missing out on. And I know it's easy to think about all that lost time. Why didn't I think of this sooner? Why didn't I know? How didn't I know? And there's really no answer for that. I think I should just be glad that I found out at all, right? You know, yeah, it could have been sooner, but, you know, it also could have been later. I've never been so sure of myself, and really now any prospect that I encounter, anything that I do, I'm pretty much like 99.9% .9 sure of myself. Realizing my own identity really, really helped with that. Now, myself, I feel like home to me. That's a really big thing for someone who didn't always feel like that, who didn't feel at home in the outside world, someone who didn't feel at home in their own body, in their own mind. And you know, now I'm just happy that I found it. Thank you so much, Libby, for sending us your stories from the US, from Maryland, Maryland, however you say it. I love some of the phrases that Libby used there. Mm. Being your true self means you can face anything. And myself, I feel like home to me. That's a really big thing. I love that phrase. Yeah, that's good. I feel like home to me. That's beautiful. She's mm. in her 20s. 
power so lightly done, I thought, that she just says, I can do anything now because I know who I am. What a strong, powerful woman at a young age. I don't think I felt that at 26. No, I don't think I did. No, that's brilliant. Really beautifully put as well, I agree. You know, we talk about labels quite a lot on Pod Diva. She talks specifically about the power that label gave her. The label, when she found it for herself, she was like, whoa, it just gave her all this strength. She said it was an epiphany. I thought it was incredible. Libby also talked about her New Year's resolution to remove all social media apps from her phone. I really admire her for that. I hate it when I go down that rabbit hole Mm. of Twitter, X, whatever. I really feel sullied sometimes because you always see something that you wish you hadn't seen or read something that you wish you didn't know. It's very useful to communicate with people and I love the positive aspects, but I, I think that's really really commendable that she's done that do you have any new year resolutions roxy well do i have any new year's resolutions well i can't think of any which suggests to me if i did make (laughs) any they have long been forgotten if i did make any then i have failed to stick to them because they're not even within grasping distance in my brain i'm afraid Uh, that's funny (laughs) i don't really like new year's resolutions i'm always like if you're going to do something do it just do it now don't wait for new year yeah Do you journal, though? She mentions that her New Year's resolution was to journal. Do you ever do that? I mean, you write all the time anyway. Oh, can't stop me from writing, Rachel. Always got a bloody pen in my hand, jotting away. Um, Yes, I I do journal, yes. I do it, I think I do it more if I've got something going on in my life that I need to process or I need to sort of figure out how I feel about something or if a big thing's happened or a big sadness or a big event or something. But yes, I do journal. Do you journal? Yeah, I do. I, I love it. I mean, I've... I've done it right from a really young age and I have boxes of journals from when I was about seven. Mm. You know, I do use it in the same way when I have to process a big event. I, th- mm. I find it really helpful. Or like you say, if there's a big sadness or a big joy, yeah. I find it really cathartic to write mm. out my problems. And I often find in the writing, I realize something that just didn't occur to me when I'm just thinking about it. I find it, yeah. I think it's a really good process. And I've written a few that have been published. They were published in The Guardian, but I did write them with an eye on them being published because mm. I would never want my actual personal diaries published. I mean, imagine how Anne Lister, yeah, wow. if she was alive now, what would she think? I wonder if she'd be like, yes, I was all those things or whether she would go, oh my God, does everyone know that I kept their pubic hair? Oh my God. I wonder what she thinks. She's so kick-ass. She'd just say, I don't care. We can't know, can we? Would she think that we've all done a massive invasion of her privacy? But then you know if you're a diary keeper, your diary keepers, you're going to get diary peepers. Like There's a chance they're going to get read, don't you? (laughs) There's a very interesting piece by Ella Gorsi, Real Talk, and it's titled, What's It Really Like Growing Older? when you're LGBTQIA. I love what Ella does. I love this fortnightly Diva Digest that she's been making for the Diva podcast. It's every other week she's giving listeners a sort of short roundup, just a small clip of what's going on in the LGBTQIA plus world, the news, sort of politically, socially, a bit pop culture thrown in and personal interest stories. Basically, it's a nifty little nubbin of news and info to keep you in the queer loop of life. And it's a good way to stay up to date and impress your dates at the same time. So it's not surprising that Ella has gone out as a roving reporter and investigated just how hard it can be for some 
older LGBTQIA people. Ella's talking about the power of attorney, which shouldn't be an issue anymore, but somehow sometimes still is. Legally, the structure is there, but sometimes socially, people, individuals don't keep up with the law. But more harrowing is this idea that some homophobic care workers have been found abusing their residents, everything from physical abuse to exclusion, sort of low-key discrimination and low-level neglect. I mean, Ella writes so movingly in this piece about it. Roxy, do you mind reading a bit from Ella's feature? Imagine growing up in the 1950s or 60s in a period where being gay was not just frowned upon, but illegal. Surviving Section 28, losing friends and loved ones to the AIDS epidemic, living to see the strides made in the last two decades, only to have to go back into the closet and hide who you are. Whoa. I mean, that is so heartbreaking as to think yeah. of someone probably at their most vulnerable era in their life. If you're retiring, if your health is frail, if you, when you need to be looked after... And then that all that comes back. I found that really, really quite disturbing. It's deeply disturbing. It's really, really upsetting. And as a gay person, it's terrifying. I remember at Iris Festival, I saw a documentary, which won, I think, the Iris Prize Audience Award, a Ted and Noel, really mm-hmm. fantastic documentary about this wonderful gay activist and his husband. They made this documentary to show what happened when Ted's partner Noel was abused in the care home and then they made this this documentary that's very very powerful but deeply upsetting and I remember I watched it with my girlfriend and we were just in floods of tears it's just absolutely terrifying and it is this thing that these are people who are in they're in care because they're vulnerable and then they can be subjected to such horrific abuse and that's why I think it's so important that we talk about it and I think that Ella completely agrees like she's done such brilliant work on this feature as you say and we talked about how important it is to get this story out there to to, yes show individual experiences but also to approach this topic from all different angles and see the Mm. breadth of different experiences to talk to people who have experience of going through this and also to look well where's the hope what can be done better what can we do to move forward but yeah it's a really powerful and important investigation I think yeah really is that kind of abuse I mean so sad it's littered across the news this kind of abuse even without LGBTQ. Yeah. That element of it just is heartbreaking. Mm. There is good news. Ella mentions two groups, Opening Doors and Tonic Housing, and they're both great resources for the older. And by older, I mean over 50. (laughs) So in my opinion, not that old. That age bracket includes me and our stunning cover star, actually, thinking about it. Yeah, that's crazy. You have Opening Doors, which is an advice bureau and Tonic Housing, which actually run care homes that cater for everyone, particularly elders in the LGBTQIA community. Um, Ella talks to people who are staying in a Tonic Housing accommodation. It's amazing. They say, like, we're busy every day. We're going out. We're doing this. Mm. We're doing that. And I was like, God, this sounds fabulous. It sounds amazing. I may try and reserve my place now. Because I want to be around that kind of queer joy. When you can't find your own teeth, you need to be able to laugh at yourself, right? (laughs) And in last week's Diva Digest, which I mentioned that Ella does, she outlines how there is a new building development in Manchester, homes for older people, including a good percentage that are reserved for the LGBTQIA community, which is just awesome. So things are 
moving in a very practical way. Roxy, I have images of us in our wheelchairs. I'm a lot older than you, so I will be completely decrepit by the time you get there. Maybe we'll be in our little hover chairs by then. (laughs) I hope so. Wouldn't that be cool? We'll be chatting and laughing. And I'll be like, hang on, Roxy, I've just got to get my teeth in. (laughs) And you will still have your ruby Tuesday lipstick on. Oh, I hope so. Even though it's all over your false teeth. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) That's part of the look. That's going to be part of my diva dotage years. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Rachel. Let's both get our names down on that list. And let's see you there on my hover chair with my false teeth and my bells and my pride flag on my hovering wheelchair. Going to be fabulous. It's going to be fabulous. Rachel, something I'm dying to talk to you about. Rachel, Rachel, star of the L word, turns 20 this year. Also, you are indeed a movie star. Can we please talk about Blank? You're in this brilliant, (laughs) brilliant new film. Tell us all about it. Blank. It's so funny. We shot that in 2019. If you can believe it, it's taken this long to get onto your digital screen. It's all about a writer called Claire, who I play, who's having extreme writer's block for various reasons. She has a lot of historical baggage that she's dealing with because it's set in the near future. So she gets sent to an AI run retreat, writer's retreat, where everything is controlled for her and all she has to do is write, but she's not allowed out until she finishes her book. And then, of course, something goes wrong. Mm. Pretty much a two-hander between myself and this amazing actress called Heather Reed, who's glorious and beautiful. She used to be in Poldark. Again, it's mainly the two of us. She plays an AI, so an android. So she's running this retreat. There's a bit of malware. Everything goes wrong. I get locked in. Now, this was made before lockdown, before we even knew about covid and I, I was playing this character who was locked in, which now obviously becomes very real and everyone understands that feeling. So we were quite lucky in that respect about the timing of it. It looks really good. So they've done an amazing job and it's a female director yeah. and a female producer and myself and another woman mm. who are the leads. The Observer called it a smart little thriller, which I was very happy about. And eye-poppingly good. And, you know, The Guardian gave it a good review. So we had to go back and finish it a year after 2019 because low budget. It just, we didn't finish it at the time. So I'm amazed, but very happy that it's out there and it's on Amazon Prime. It's on Google Play, iTunes, Rakuten, Sky Store, Virgin, YouTube, all those things. And they say, if you like Stephen King and Black Mirror, you will also love blank. Well, congratulations and absolutely all Pod Diva listeners go and watch Blank because it is gripping and smart and thrilling and stars our very own fabulous Rachel Shelley. Oh, well, thank you very much. What's coming up on the Diva podcast, Roxy? What do we have in the next couple of months? So in, in a fortnight's time here on Pod Diva, we have our gorgeous cover star, Beverly Knight, in conversation with our glorious deputy editor, Nick Crossara. And to hear Beverly's beautiful voice, it really is quite dreamy, like you're just having your own one-on-one with the wonderful, legendary woman herself. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that one. And then we have another fascinating episode from Ali Hendry who is Diva Magazine's own holistic relationship coach. She goes deep into ideas, helping us navigate interpersonal relationships. I've learned so much editing 
these conversations from the relationship room. I really like them. And I love Ali's compassionate tone and what she calls her sweet garnish of humor. They're really fascinating. Mm. For someone like me, who's always avoided self-help books, not really. that's not really my thing. Listening is quite a different experience. And I find that much easier to consume. Mm. Sounds like a great couple of months coming ahead. And of course... Diva is 30. The celebrations continue. Busy time for you, Roxy. Yes, absolutely. Working on some very exciting plans for 2024, the year of Diva. Year of Diva, absolutely. Until then, Roxy, have a Diva-tastic spring and I'll see you at the end of March. See you soon. Mwah. Mwah. Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Every fortnight, we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people, celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA plus community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites, from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.